start. Uh, John 14 will be the, we'll spend some time there, so y'all turn there. Uh, revealing the mysteries of heaven. This is not 10, this is 11 weeks. And here's some of the, here's some of the titles. The first one today is what's up in heaven. Next week's where are they now? Between dying and Jesus' return and, and spending, you know, thousand year, after the thousand year reign, you know, when we actually get to heaven, heaven. Uh, the ultimate extreme makeover. Heaven's Oscars, that's our rewards. There's five of those. The heavenly city, we talked a little bit about that, about Jerusalem in the last series. Uh, I saw, what does that mean? where do we go from here? Uh, you remember we talked about the new Jerusalem in that, in that lesson series? The new heaven and the new earth, it's kind of parallels both of those. What on, uh, what on earth is the millennium? We'll talk about that thousand year reign. What about the children? Like I, I've had, my wife and I've had four miscarries. Uh, you know, people who've lost children who uh, were not at the age of accountability. That's that lesson. And tough-minded about heaven is the last one. Uh, what's up with heaven is this one. It's got a bunch of different verses, and I'm sitting there while I go out tonight. Of course, she's watching cooking shows. Uh, and I'm sitting there kind of going back over right quick, and I deleted every one of my dang verses on my phone so, that I had piled up. Now, I didn't, I didn't have that one on my phone. I got it here. I went back right quick and tried to add them. So if I have to find one, I'm here in a minute. And I couldn't find the uh, recently deleted on my notes. You know, that's neither here nor there because I'm, I am totally technology illiterate. And you know what? Don't bother me. I could care less about that. Uh, I, 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 just, I just about had it with it. I wish Elon Musk would buy Twitter. I saw that the other day. I thought that's pretty funny. So what's up with heaven? In this lesson, here's the objective. In this lesson, we learn why heaven is such an important place for Christians. Why heaven is such an important place for Christians. Let's talk about heaven for a second before we get into the verses and kind of discussing what Jeremiah is going over. How does the world today view heaven? What's the world's perspective on heaven? Something we don't have right now. Okay. What if you're many good, and varied. If you're a good person, you can go there. All right, both. Yeah. Is it taking over a mythical? I mean, is it almost... Well, Jeremiah, in the lesson, if, if you listen to his sermon on this, Woody, he talks about, you know, that's heaven on earth. You know, we say stuff like that. Well, that dessert is just heaven. Alston was watching that redheaded girl out in Oklahoma. That's her favorite cooking. And, you know, she's always it's just it's a slice of heaven. I'm thinking, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know how people, what does that do for, for heaven, the actual place? When people talk about it in earthly terms, I think it, yeah, I think it diminishes. What'd you say, Stan? Degrades it a little bit, brings it down to where, hey, you know, here we are. I jotted down these things. What does the world today do? How does the world today? Everyone goes, good and decent people go. Here, here's a couple of numbers. Uh, some 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 figures. Eighty-two uh, percent Jeremiah, and I don't remember what I think it was seven. Now oh nine. This is how this this lesson series is thirteen years old, Bob. So, uh, and I bet these numbers are skewed high compared to today. All right, eighty-two percent of Americans believe in heaven. Eighty-two percent. Now, what do you think about that, man? 
What comes to mind when you say 82%, when he says 82% believe in heaven? They're believing in heaven, but they might not necessarily be Christian. All right, what else? What's another 18%? No, that's my thought, too. What about that other 18%? What do they believe? That's what's going to go to the moment. 62. Don't they, don't they, were, they did enough. Yeah. Here you go. Here's it. I think it's long. I think this is what you're saying. That long. 62% at this time believe that they are going to have. Hmm. The death rate, why should heaven be foremost? The death rate uh, worldwide is two people die every two seconds. A person a second. That's uh, 151,000 people on average slip into eternity every day. Every day. Every day. 150,000 worldwide. Every day. That's just, that just kind of. And it's, it's hard not to speak to someone and them not to assume that their loved one is gone to heaven. Oh, yeah. And you can't refute that either. But Well, I had to do a funeral one time. I mean, you believe it or not, now I've done two weddings, my two boys. No, I've done three weddings. I've done uh, my two boys and one of John Davis' teammates. And I've actually done a funeral, man. And I tell you, that, that, the, the wedding's kind of weak me out a little bit. That funeral really weak me. How many people have been to? Everyone I've been to, they say, well, they're in heaven now. They're the Lord. That's a generic. Yeah, where do you say, well, you know, I'm thinking that rest in peace. If you're not going to heaven, you're not resting in peace. And if you're going to heaven, we're going to figure out during this this lesson series that when you get to heaven, we're not resting. We got stuff to do. Amen. You know, and we're not, we're not, we don't get tired doing it, we don't get tuckered out. And we're not we're not laboring to do it, you know, per se. Uh, let me read page 14 here. And I got a lot of reading, especially at the end, because at the end, it really gets good. This this the outline here is five things. The prominence of heaven, second one is the purity of heaven, the place called heaven, the four things. I'm sorry, and the preciousness of heaven. Uh let me read here what I've got uh, underlined here. Uh, when we lose sight of the fact, going back to that generic, hey, that's a slice of heaven, this is heaven on earth, that kind of thing. When we lose sight of the fact that God has a wonderful destination prepared for those who are his, we start trying to create heaven on earth. Let me reread that. I thought that was really important. When we lose sight of the fact that God has a separate place called heaven, we uh, it has a wonderful destination prepared for those who are his. That's what Larry and Tommy and these guys are talking about. We, If we lose sight of that, we, what do we do? He says we start trying to create heaven here on earth. And, you know, and then, then, then what do we do? Well, the more money I got, the more heaven I got. The more toys I got, the more heaven I got. The more good-looking women I have, the more yoga bridges. Charlie, the more heaven I got. You know, you know what I'm saying. The better, the better this, the better that, the more this, the more of that. You know. Uh, no, heaven, you can't not No, you can't. Let me read uh please ask these three verse eleven here. It says, notice this, this is Solomon now. Wisest man who ever lived in the wealthiest man. The trick uh Contrasting, Roger Martis, Roger was our youth director at Valley Grove when I was like in the 12th grade. He got there at Christmas, like in 82, spring of 83. 
Roger preached over yonder one day, and he he said, and Roger's way sharper than I am. He's he's packed. Uh, he said I, uh, Solomon had an eight hundred million dollar a year lifestyle. That's a little mind blowing. Eight hundred million dollars. That's the kind of the guy we're talking about. This is what he says. He has made everything appropriate in his time. In his time, he has also set eternity in their heart without the possibility that mankind will find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. What does he say there? He has also, he capitalized, has set eternity in their heart. What does that tell us about God when he created man? What did he do for every individual? He walks a place on earth that's capable of, of reason. Not, 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 we talk about, when we talk about capable of reason, the child that dies before the age of accountability or the adult who don't reach mentally the age of accountability, we're talking about those folks. Set those aside. What does it say about everybody reaches the age of accountability? What does Solomon say? That he has put eternity in there. If you've got eternity in your heart, what do you think you, what do you, what do you think is there that only God can feel? A longing. A void. There is a God-placed spot in our heart that only God feels. You can stick toys in there. You can stick World Series rings in there, Super Bowl rings. Uh, all these women, you can stick classic cars in that spot, and they never fill up. God's the only one that can fill that. So that kind of tells me that the world has a yearning for help. And we try to, we try, some folks try to fill it here on earth. All right. Let me read this. Uh, if we don't, if we do not, if we do not feed the hunger for heaven with biblical truth, we will fill it with superficial things. It's Jeremiah says. If we don't fill it with, with the things of the Bible, of God, we will try to fill it with superficial things. Roman number number one, the prominence of heaven. Let me read this. Heaven is mentioned 500 times in Scripture, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, it's referred to high and lofty places. Heaven is a constant theme in the Bible. It is, discussed, uh, it is discussed in our culture, but the average Christian knows little about it. So what, what do you know about heaven? Well, what do you actually know about heaven? I know I want to go with it. I know I'm going to go there. But what do you know about it? Supposedly no tears in heaven. No tears in heaven. There will be for a, until God wipes them away. And then once he wipes them away, they're no more. And there's not tears. Of, I think it's tears because we let God down. I think we'll get into that with his cramps. You know, we God is... God is... Uh, and I was listening to somebody preach yesterday, and I can't remember who, I guess it's Shree, Jeffrey. He talked about the guy who was the football coach at UCLA in the 50s. His name was Red something. I don't even know. I don't remember heard this. But anyway, this uh, this preacher that Shree knew or whoever knew was God had led him to go talk to this guy. And he didn't go. And uh he said, that guy's too rough. I'm not going. He said, about three days later, he fell over dead. Right before the station started, he fell over dead. 
and the, and the guy, somebody asked this, I know what it is now, somebody asked this guy, is anything in the ministry you ever regret? This was like in the 2000s. He said, yeah, 1951. And I think when he gets to heaven, he's already died. I can't remember who this cat was. But I think, you know, I think those are the tears of who he's talking about. That guy is so sad. It's so upset. God told me to talk to Edwin Fentwell up there with him. My daddy needed to go say Edwin for, you know, and he gave was in a wheelchair. You know, as a Christian, that haunts me. I, have those I, I think those are the tears, Steve, to be wiped away. Because why? I can give you just about the names. Yeah. The times I've been told to do something that I chickened out. Yeah. Chicken is a good word. That's what I did. I cowed down that day. I, I was I was coward. I try to remember the first thing in my prayer, but gosh, can you imagine? Oh Lord, that person's not there. Yes, it's me. Yes, Red Sanders, you're right. Uh, what else? No more tears. What else do you know about that? If we're going there, we ought to know a little bit about it, don't you think? You know, David, that one of the best points I've ever heard made about that was the average preacher will spend a week to study about somewhere and they're going to go for four or five days on vacation. That's funny. If I go somewhere and I know I'm taking my golf gloves, I'm online, man. Never go see not these guys are laughing because they did the same thing. We don't have to before. When we went to Tampa a couple of years ago, me and John David Hogan, we flew down, we took our golf clubs. I got online, we played a Donald Ross course down here, man. I'm like, gosh, you know, this is great. And I can't even tell today, I can't even tell the name of the course. You know, and I, it's terrible. I, I did all that research for that, and I'm not spending time finding about where I'm going to spend eternity. You know, what else do we know about streets of gold? We talked a couple of weeks ago, you know, we read a little bit in Revelation gates or what? Pearl. Each gate is one pearl, there's 12 of them, and the, the gate is hewed out of one pearl. You know, we talked about what he come to mind of a big oyster, you know. I mean, so that thing's large. No, no infirmities. You know, crippled people don't walk with a limp. Everything's perfect. I think we're going to be busy, not work, but busy, yeah. worshiping, serving. Yes. There may not be any time. There's no sun, you know, no nights, because the Lord God Almighty likes it. Somebody say something. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's just, those are some of the things. <laughs> Uh, what do we have to conclude? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let me read 2 Corinthians 2 12. Uh, 2 2 Corinthians 12, 2 3 4. I'm sorry, I'll get it right. Second, it's just Paul now. So, Paul talks about the plurality. This is plurality of heaven. I don't know what I said. There's multiple heavens. We're going to talk about the reason. So, we need to know that. And it's no, don't overanalyze. Because you get to think, well, I just want to have it. There's multiple heavens, and we're going to talk about they're discussed in the Bible. So don't overanalyze. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2, 12, 2, 3, 4, says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know. Such a man was caught up into the third heaven. Paul's talking about himself. Himself, he was called up, had a vision 14 years prior to this of visiting heaven, the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether the body or not, apart from the body, I do not know. God knows, was called up into paradise 
and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. If Paul was caught up into the third heaven, what does Spring Valley logic tell you about heaven? There's three of them. I told you don't overanalyze. At least three. Yeah, really. You know, if, the, if I'm on the mound out there and I'm throwing the Jeff Johnson back there, and this is this is my third pitch, what should we conclude? That cat's already thrown two. It's, you know, it's, so there's third heaven. And heaven, this heaven we're talking about, spending this paradise. He calls it paradise at the end, right? Uh, so, uh, all right. Now let me read the first heaven. You say, well, what's the first heaven? First uh, heaven, cup. First heaven is the atmospheric heaven. Isaiah 55, 9 and 10 says, For the heavens, plural, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, all right, uh, and do not return there without water and dirt and making it produce and sprout and see, uh, providing seed to the shy, uh, sower and bread to the eater. And then in Genesis 1.20 says that God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. So what's the first heaven? If the birds are flying there and the clouds are there, where the rain and the snow and the sleet and the hail come from, and the birds are flying out. What's the first test? It's the atmosphere. How high is it? Somebody tell me. How high is it you go up? You get out of this level. We got a science major in here. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know if you fly in a jet, it's 33, 35,000. You can't breathe out there. You freeze to death. I do know that every thousand feet you go up, the temperature drops three degrees. My father, I had a little old plane over here, prop plane. They didn't have any air conditioning. The air conditioner is like a 260 air conditioner, you know, in that old cars we grew up in. Two windows down at 60 miles an hour, and that was your air. That was the air conditioner. And hey, we would, if I ever flew with him in the summertime, we'd get up by 10,000. He said, Why are we so high? And he said, My word, man, if it's 100 on Earth, it's 70 up here. It's comfortable. So it drops three degrees everywhere. I do know that. So you get up so high. And that's the atmosphere. Well, the second heaven. We read Genesis 1, 14 through 17. And then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens. Think about it. Lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from night, and they shall serve as signs for the seasons and for days and years, and they shall serve as lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights. What are those here on our earth? What are the two great lights? Sun and the moon. So where are they at? All right, let me, let me keep reading, finish this reading. The greater light govern the day and the lesser light govern the night. And he also made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth. So we got the first level and we got the third level we know is Paradise heaven. You know, we got the first one here where we're at, and the birds are flying. And I, I've got it on my phone, man. When I pulled out of the driveway, I don't know where I live. There's two eagles hanging out out there. Have you seen a McCoy? And it was so cool when I come out of the driveway, I thought them ducks across the road, man. They were just in a 
you go by my house and the coots out there in a pile. I'm talking about when they, they can't they can't move. Look in the sky. That that ball headed that ball of eagles, he's there. And he was over there, man, and he was torturing stuff. He was swooping. I tried to get it on my phone. I couldn't get real close. But he was swooping at him, ducks was bunched up, he was swooping them, and it was Christ out parking in the middle of the road. This is amazing. But uh that's the first heaven where that eagle flies, where the clouds are. Second heaven where the sun and the moon and the stars are. Third heaven is paradise. I told you, don't overanalyze the three heaven business. Uh, so we need to know what do we need to know? And I jot down, can you see the difference in the first two heavens? Now let's go and look at again, second Corinthians, the third heaven. Let me go back and read what Paul said. I got it twice on my phone here. He says, uh, let me read it, then I got to read something, a highlighted part here that will jump on to the next Roman minute. said, I know a man in Christ and 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a man was caught up into the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I, I do not know. You know, God knows. Oh, it was caught up into paradise. And heard inexpressible words. Can you imagine being Paul? And whether or not he he don't know Paul. I don't know if he was if it was a vision or a dream or what. Because Paul don't know. He said only God knows. God could have took him up there. And if you if you know what he's talking about, that's why he's got the thorn in the flesh. He saw things that was inexpressible. He called. So if Paul, who's a highly educated cat, he can't put it in words. I don't know what y'all expect of some cat from better. That guy, he, he can't even begin to see what he tell you what he saw. It was so amazing. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. Tell me more. You uh you where did you get your information on the Paul Storm inside? Uh out of the bottom of that. What do you what do you got? No, I just have never read it. I thought I think is that not am I wrong? Yes, yes, Am I right or wrong? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I know it. No, 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 I'm not flexible on side. Yeah, I'll read that. But some people I think he was giving that some people say it was vision. Uh, oh, well, I, I think he, he said I he said, I don't know right there. You know, I don't know if I was in the body or out of body. But I think God gave it to him. Because he allowed him to see some wonderful stuff, and to keep him from. If you remember, guys, if you remember, he he, he was given that thorn in the flesh to buffet him, humble him, to keep him today's vernacular to keep from getting the big head. Or as my daddy said, getting too big for your britches. That's 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 why Paul was given the thorn in the flesh because he was allowed. God allowed him to see such a wonderful place. So so wonderful you can't even put in the words. Well. Does that help us out? Well, I'm proud. You went over. I know that the Bible teaches. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be. I just. I don't I, I just that's me. That's good. Yeah. But I thought it was something physical. I guess. Well, it was. It was a physical. But you know, we get like the Bible, and I had the virus for two weeks. It was like God let me know. Jeff said today, and I did say it a while ago, he said it's amazing to how we got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 22, 24, 26, 
28, 32 guys and you're praying for a guy. And I don't know if God allowed him to get that because to, to reaffirm. I know, I know that's one of the things I got. I got I got out of being sick that you guys care about me. Pray for me. And that God was in control. You know, you know, there's different reasons we have thorns in the flesh. And some of it's punishment, some of it's for empathy. Some of us, you remember the disciples walked up and they asked the Lord, who's, who's sinned, him or his father, about the guy that's blind or paralyzed with him? And what did Jesus tell them? So they need one of them. He, he's in that condition so I can get glorified today. And that's a pretty big call. And then he said, get up and go, man, you're, you're here. And then, you know, I can imagine. I'm that yeah, I mean, yeah. I wasn't trying to be negative. No, 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 no. I, I know. I never would think that. Uh, so there, we got them three heavens. Uh, did I read that? Page 16. All right. So the place called heaven. Look at John 14, 4. Place called heaven. Now, this is Jesus speaking. We didn't talk. Uh, wait a minute now. Yeah. Place called heaven. First, uh, I mean, not first time. John 14, 4 through, uh, 1 through 4, I'm sorry. And Jesus is speaking here. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me. We forgot a vital point right here. When I asked you what you knew about heaven, see if it jumps out at you as I read this. The most vital point about heaven, matter of fact, see if it jumps out at you as I read this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go prepare to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and you know the way. What's the biggest key? This is all bonus here. What's the biggest key that we need to know about that? I'm sorry, Jesus. Wherever Jesus is at, buddy, that's heaven. That's all you need to know about. It. You know, the streets of gold are great. The 12 foundations of them stones, you know, uh, topaz and pearl and all that stuff I tried to pronounce a couple weeks ago. Them gates of pearl. You know, I, that's insignificant. Wherever Jesus is at, that's, that's what happens. And that's what we need. I, we didn't even mention that one. I didn't even think about it until I read that. Lord laid that on my hand. Look at verse two. What does Jesus call heaven? In verse two. My father's house. What about that? How cool is that? My translation on verse two starts out says, There is more than enough room in my father's house. That's pretty dang cool. That's good for dang cool. You think about it, I don't know how many people are on the face of seven billion. Go from today backwards. Of course, now two seconds ago we've lost two, you know, but you know. From the beginning of time, and you think, is heaven going to be big enough? There'll be more than enough room. I, you know, that's, that's pretty dead young cut. Uh, it's a place. What else does he call it in verse two? My father's house. Imagine. Mansions. What else? He's saying, I'm not lying to you. Not, it's, it's, it's all true. It's in red. What else you mean? He calls it a place, and actually, to me, that means it's an actual place. It's not a theory, a theory or a premise. 
or a maybe. Jesus says it's a place. And uh, I jotted down here not under that, not a state of mind, not something that ebbs and flows without, without, uh, within our feelings. You know, what do we say? Well, that, that cake was a slice of heaven. Well, about two days later, what does that cake taste like? It tastes like Annie Mae's biscuits. Don't you go through a window? You know, it's done got hard and crusty. It, well, two days ago, it was heaven. Two days ago, heaven was heaven. Heaven never grows old, never grows stale. You know? Uh, let me read this on page 16 here. We don't have to worry about losing our Heavenly Father's house. Uh, losing our Heavenly Father's house in Christ has already gone to heaven to prepare it for us. It is permanent. Uh, it's a permanent heavenly abode where we uh, dwell forever in the view, uh, in the uh, in the view in, in God's presence. I'm sorry, I skipped the line. Simple. He said, "Heaven is not a feeling or an emotion, or a point of view, or an attitude. It's not a place we create by our actions here on earth. It is a place." Jesus called it's a place. It's an actual, I can put my hands on a place. Uh, that leads to the question, well, where is heaven? If it's a place, where is it? Where do y'all think it is? Now ponder this a little bit. I'm sorry? Well, where does he say? Where does the Bible say it is? In the sky? Well, what if I'm in Argentina and South America? Their sky is different from my sky. When I'm talking about going perpendicular to the face of the earth. You know, the earth's round. If it's round right here, you set that table on that thing back yonder, that holds. If you get on the, the top of it, that's perpendicular. That's straight up. The side of here, that's straight up. So, you know, if I'm standing over here, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, where do you think heaven is? That's very now. That's around another top and the bottom. So, all right. What else? So where is that? Let me read Ephesians 14. Uh, did I not? I told y'all I had one I didn't get. Let me find it right quick. Ephesians. I can't believe I 14. Thought I thought I remember getting it again. But I apparently I did. Who has descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So if Jesus ascended, he descended out of heaven, he came to earth, and Paul says he ascended. That we just we just and there in Acts, right at the first of Acts. If he ascended, heaven's in the sky, correct? So whereabouts in the sky? Let me read uh, Acts. Let me read Acts 10. Uh, I think I'm skipping something. I messed myself up with my dang phone. That's why I don't like technology. Uh, it's far above all the heaven. Uh, heaven is. Let me read Acts. Uh, there's four pieces, 14. Acts uh, 1, verses 10 and 11. Paul writes, and as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, we uh, then behold two men in clothing, white clothing uh, stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? 
This Jesus who has been taken up, taken up from he- uh, from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you have watched him uh, go into heaven. So if it's up, that gets that gets to the point. In China's up, America's up, uh, Hawaii. All those ups are in different ups, different places. You know what I'm saying? So what is what do you what do you think the Bible says about where actual heaven is? You read what Jeremiah says. He says, depending on where you stand on earth, up is different direction. It just means perpendicular to the face of the planet. But in Isaiah chapter 14, we get a different perspective. Addressing God, Satan said this. Because Satan is talking to God. Now listen to what he says here. This is verse 13, Isaiah 14, verse 13. He says, Satan is telling God, this is what I will do. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the far sides of the north. So what does that take? Satan refers to heaven as the far sides of the north. Now we know, how do you know Satan knows where heaven's at? He's been there. How do we know that, Tom? He got pulled out of it. But he's been back. Job. Job. Go read it. That's how Job's funk started. There's another reason, you know, we have thorns in the flesh. Job was a good man. You know, from our perspective, he, you know, you know, why does good things happen to bad things happen to good people? I asked Job. You know. So what is what does Satan say about where heaven, the actual place is right now? The far sides of the north. So north is north. We can go north, and eventually you get to the the furthest north you can get. Am I wrong? When you cross over that spot, what do you start doing? You start going south. So when you get to the farthest points of the north, I think Jeremiah's concluding that heaven is somewhere north of the north pole. You see that? Satan says, let me read it, Isaiah. This is Isaiah. This ain't something I made. He says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the far sides of the north. God's sitting on the throne, right? My daddy, my dad-in-law, my grandmother, my grandma, my granddaddy, my nephew, my four unborn children, they're all there now. That's this congregation. And God's sitting on, on that throne in front of the congregation of those, those people. And Satan says, I'm going to sit there. That's how arrogant he is. He said, I'm going to sit on that throne. Where is it? In the far, uh, farther side of the north. Now, I mean, if you've got a problem with that, I don't ask me. Man. I'm just reading the book. But Jeremiah's done a lot more. David Jeremiah done a lot more study about tonight. But we don't know. Go back to what I said a while ago we left out. What's the most important thing about heaven? Jesus being there. And we get to see him. And we get to thank him. Oh, thank, not thank. Thank him for what he did for us, to provide an opportunity to spend eternity with him. You know, that, that, that we, that we, it is a permanent, it is, it is a place. You know? So, Last thing here, and I know we're going pretty quick. We may be done get two cups of coffee today. 
the preciousness of heaven. How precious is heaven to you? You know, I miss those songs we used to sing about heaven. You know, uh, and not not that I dislike the songs we sing now. I, I don't. I like them. But you know, we got some of them, and man, and I just kind of grew up. I guess I'm just what I grew up. With. That's why I don't care for technology too much. I was listening to a radio show the other day, and this this I went down to Coleman to get my bicycle worked on, and as I was going, to, this was a sports talk radio show in Birmingham. And they had like a question of the day. What could, what would you do without the rest of your life? They asked three guys. They asked each other, would you do without air conditioning heat the rest of your life, or would you do without the internet? <laughs> I thought, man, that ain't hard. I can do that. I, I made it probably 40-something years without the internet. I've been there and done that. But then I'm thinking, John David and Hogan, they don't have a clue what they you know how John David and Hogan swap money? It's this thing called, what does it call it? Venmo? You know, and I told my mother yesterday, I got gas in Birmingham, I mean, uh, in Coleman, in my truck, and then we went back down there yesterday to help John David been moving their house a little bit. You know, and every time I put my card in that machine, wherever it's at, I've gotten gas in Canada, Florida, Georgia. It don't matter, man. All I got to do is put in my PIN number and it knows who they visit. Think about that, man. Is that not a little scary that they have access to that? You know, so I really could do without technology. I'm a big old fat boy now. I can't hardly do without heat now. I can do without the air conditioning. I can't do without that heat. We rode all the way down there yesterday, me and Alice was both with our seat warmers on high. You know, I better get out of there and look like I got a paddle, man. I bet my boat is red. I said, I love it. That's the best invention ever, by the way, seat warmers. <laughs> best technology. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I like that technology. But I ain't got to do anything about that. Yeah. Uh, but the preciousness of that. Do you ever think about how precious it is? Think about it. We got seven reasons. And I'm just going to do some reading and we'll do some talk. Seven reasons heaven is precious. Jeremiah says, first one. Is our Redeemer is in heaven. There's descriptions of heaven in Revelation suggest it's going to be a stunningly beautiful place, David Jeremiah says. But I believe all that beauty, listen to this, this is still about what we talked about a while ago. All that beauty will pale in insignificance when we behold the beauty of our Redeemer. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, the foundations of heaven are 12 expensive stones. You know, think about the most lavish place you've ever seen. A lost person dies, and he, does he go to heaven where to be see if he's named in the Lamb Book of Life? He'll be in that line one of these days. I don't know if they go directly there. But I think that's the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, that might be part of the torture, Steve. I really feel like part of the torture, it'll be a physical torture. I think I think it'll be a physical torture in hell. I think it'll be a, a mental torture. Of, of, I mean, I, I, that day, I, that's the day I miss my opportunity. I think it'll be a, a emotional. You know, I, I think it'll be such a, a, a terrible place that every facet of your life is torture. <laughs> it'll be a lonely torture. I don't think you'll see anybody in hell. I think you'll be by yourself. 
It'll be total darkness. And uh, think I about think that compared part. I think you'll have knowledge. Oh, yeah, that's, that's why I say that. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking that, that mental torture would be terrible. Cry out to God and pray that he will hear. Mm, no. There'll be no action taken about that. There'll be no action. No, not whatsoever. Not whatsoever. But you compare that, you know, the beauty we talked about of heaven, but you compare that to the redeemed, Jesus Christ. If you have a problem with that, think about we got saved at 50. Go back to prior to nine. Or just go back last week. I'm 56. And God, you know, what did we say at the end of last week's lesson? I told you that story about uh, Charles, uh, uh, Morris, Robert Morris and his son. And he made that promise. And I listened to that again this week. And if you'll remember, if you wasn't here, this is, this, this is why Jesus is so wonderful. He said he made, told his son, he said, if you'll, if you'll stay sexually pure, make good grades, don't drink and smoke, you know, do the things that, you know, a good Christian boy would do. He said, these are the things I'll do for you. I'll pay for your college, I'll pay for your honeymoon, and I'll buy you a vehicle. Pretty big financial commitment. And then he looked at his little boy. You remember me talking about this? He looked at his little boy, and he's 13 years old this time. He said, now what's going to happen if you don't fulfill your side of the covenant? They made a covenant with each of you. Remember me talking about that? And the little boy said, you'll probably keep your part. That's how Jesus does for us. That's why wherever he's at. Now, I think about that, and I go back last week when I got mad and I said something I didn't shouldn't say, or I thought something I shouldn't have thought, or I'd, I'd done an act, whatever it was. I don't even know. I don't have anything specific. But God's promises never go away, you know. And I, I just think, my word. That's why wherever Jesus is at, heaven is wonderful. He says, when we see the one who suffered and died to pay the penalty for that sin, who keeps his covenant, Jeremiah says, when we see the scars on his, of his suffering, I think nothing will look more beautiful as we, as we look into, uh, as he looks into our eyes and we see him as he really is. When we get to lay eyes on him, you know, I got a feeling I'll just like being, not being stupid. I just, I, I just, just like be awestruck. That's it. I feel like. Our, number one is our Redeemer is heaven. Our relationships are in heaven. So my father told me as he was growing old, that Jeremiah's dead, he told me, he said, and began to see his friends pass away. He said, one of the hard things, quote unquote, about getting old is you have more friends in heaven than you do on earth. He, Jeremiah said, that's true. But a wonderful truth. I got four kids I hadn't met yet, man. I got my daddy, I got my dad in law, my granddaddy, my grandmother, my grandma, uh, my nephew. Those are the ones real close to. They haven't had an uncle die the other day. Spinner was in Houston, maybe? Steve? Steve Houston. It's Steve, Steve. It's Steve, good guy. Very good guy. Also, we get to see Alice's grandmother, granddaddies, you know. We get to see them again. We're separated for, and when we get there, that time that we don't, you know, my granddad died in 77, January 29th, 1977. I get to see him. 
I got one picture of my granddad. And I, I bet I'm like one year old. He's laying, I remember the couch of my grandma and granddad. This little old couch. Granddad is laying, my granddad wore overalls every day of his life since the day he went to church. Every day. Every Sunday, he put britches on. He had them jokers hiked up to about right here. Y'all remember them? Yeah, that belt on, man. My granddad was tied about right there. But uh, every other day, every six days a week, but they were over. He's laying on that couch, and I'm crawling on his stomach. It's black and white pictures. I guess I'm the last bunch of the black and white kid pictures. I like it. You know, and I, but I get to see him again. It'd be a good day. I ain't seen him since 77. What is that, 45 years? My grandma's been dead. My grandma's been dead 20, 10, 12, 20. My daddy been dead seven years. This year, so kind of My father will be dead 16 next month. A little over a month from that. 16. We can see him again. Because what we just what we just talk about? God don't go back on his covenants. He don't go back on his promises. He, he just don't. And I just think that's such a wonderful. Our Redeemer is heaven. Our relationships are in heaven. Our resources in heaven. Listen to this. First Peter uh, 1, 3, and 4 says that our inheritance is, quote, unquote, quote, reserved in heaven. When you become a Christian, God became your father. And when uh, God is your father, you are his heir, which means you have an inheritance waiting for you in heaven. I got two heirs. John David and Hope. I was talking, can you believe it? I have a deal. <laughs> That's terrible. Just terrible. I don't know. It's just stupid on our part. You know, I'm going to live forever. I don't need it. We're going to get one done up next week, too. Because if we die together, if they, if everything goes to John David and They got what I got. That's just earthly crap. I'm an heir of the King Almighty. My inheritance is in heaven. It's none of this playground stuff. My daddy's got more muscles than you got. My father's got it all. Woody's father's the same dude. He's got it all. We can't bicker back and forth in that. Our inheritance is in heaven. So our, our resources, our redeemer and our relationships, our residence is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. I, I crack jokes about Spring Valley and Leighton all the time, but I'm not, I, I, I just, I, I'm not a citizen there. I'm a citizen of hell. I kind of take pride in being from Alabama. I don't have a tattoo, but I think if I did, I'd get Alabama tattooed. Just the outline of the state, I think it's pretty. And I would get, I'd probably put a star up there where Spring Valley is at. Like That'd be red neck. I tell you what, I get on my back when I go to the beach and shuck it off and be down there like, yeah, yeah, really, like this. But uh, my residence is not there. My residence, the Bible says, we are citizens, our citizenship is in heaven. Here is our reward is in heaven. What does that mean? One, two, three, four, five. We got three more after this. Two more after this. Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 5, 12, quote, unquote, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for you great is your reward in heaven. 
There are five crowns that can be earned by, uh, by Christians on earth, crowns which will be awarded in heaven. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about those. And we get those to be able to give back. There will be a giving back day. And look, you don't want to not have something to give back. You ever been to a party and kind of got left out? You're still there eating cake and ice cream. The environment. But you didn't have, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you just got left out. That might be part of them tears. I don't know. I don't know if that's prior to wiping them away or not. But I know I don't want to be left out. I want to have something. Don't you want to have something to give the Lord God Almighty who died for you? Think about it now. I'm talking to myself. There's five of them. There's five different ways. We'll get to that one. Just be here. Let me look and see what day that is. We talked, I read it a while ago. Fifth week, it'll be four weeks from the day. Uh, heaven's Oscars is what it's called. I remember. So our reward is in heaven. Our riches are in heaven. Another reason why heaven is so precious is that our riches are in heaven. Matthew 6, 19 through 20, Jesus tells his followers not to lay up treasures on earth, but to lay up for them, uh, lay up uh, them in heaven where they will uh, be eternally saved. Well, you remember in that passage, what does is, what is Jesus call it? These things that, that rust, tarnish, you know. You go back three years, man. Who won the World Series three years ago? Five, four, three, two, nobody knows. Biggest thing of the day, that day on ESPN. Now, I can tell you it was last year because I'm a Braves fan. And I'll be able to, I can tell you who it was in 95. I was a Braves fan. And to be honest with you, I can tell you who it is from 66 all the way up to about 1981 because I was a kid. You know, but after that, man, I get a little sketchy. Especially in the 2000s, get real sketchy. Anyway, that's all we focus on. World Series, the Super Bowls, the National Championships, you know, all this and that. But our real treasures, our real riches are in heaven. And he says, here it is. Verse 21 of Matthew 6 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's a little challenge right there to me. Where am I placing importance at? <clears throat> am I placing importance in my, my Roth IRA? Am I placing importance in uh, something other than being a father to my kids or, or, or being a husband to my wife? Or being an influencer, I think that's a that's a that's a job description nowadays, is it not? An influencer, I swear it is. They influence. I think that's how them Kardashians are—a pack of influencers. Think about that, man. That's a little crazy. But are we being an influence? That's part of the part of the coolness of being a teacher. I don't know, Leo. How many kids you think you in PE you had at Shepherd through the 27, 20? I, I would often wonder, I'd really like to know. Scott, how many you talking? Coach Now, how many you've been around? Man, is it like thousands? It's gotta be thousands, don't you think? And I had an influence. I told y'all a story about self and Nick's. 
I just got one more than I'll shut up. Something, our riches are in heaven. Something was something for terror. We want to work two kids out of it. Brother's in jail right now trying to kill his wife. Burned the house down in the barn trying to kill her. That joker's in jail. Selfie, if he hadn't been in jail, he, he, I guarantee he has Took a razor blade and cut his sister. He was a God, word he was all. God, he was all. He was there my first years. I mean, I was dreams of gore, and that's what I got. So, been years later, before I left, it probably been 18, 20 years. Probably about last year. I taught there 20 years. Elementary school. I'm out there at the playground, you know, with the kids and this, that, and we're doing this, that, and that. And I looked up, there was a guy standing over at the fence, you know, 40 yards from <laughs> I thought, man, who is this dude over there watching kids? I mean, man, I don't need that. It's the end of the day. It's two o'clock, man. We're going to get out here in about 30 minutes. I don't need this. I don't need that guy. Because I go over there and I say, hey, man, what's up? What can I do for you? He said, you know, I used to go school here. I said, really? He said, yeah, he said, well, one teacher liked me at this place. I said, really? Because I've been there 20 years, but I knew every one of them. Knew all them all, man. I said, who was? He said, Coach Isbell. I thought, who the heck are you? Because <laughs> I, you know, I'm Coach Isbell. And, and I looked there and I said, God, is that you, Southern? He said, yeah. And I couldn't stand it. And I was an influencer in his life. And I pray that I wasn't getting it. I'll be talking about it. Couldn't stand him. I tell you, I got a listing. I got top five. He's number two on my list. Worst kids in 30 years. I'm talking about it. You take a dude and take a razor blade and cut his sister to pieces. That's a bad dude, man. And he thought I was a good guy. So those riches, you know, our treasure. What do we treasure? You know, our, our reservation. This is cool right here that I'll show. Revelation 21.7 says, that, quote, unquote, only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, end of quote, will be allowed into heaven. If you belong to Christ and your name is recorded in that book, Jeremiah says, and that book's in heaven. Jesus once told his disciples to rejoice that their names are written in heaven. Luke 10, 20. And we should likewise rejoice. If you ever get down, man, and you get whooped, just remember, this is temporary. You know, the Bible says, and this will pass. And it will. <laughs> Whatever you're going through. And I'm talking about tough now. I'm talking about burying a 16-year-old nephew. I'm talking about tough, like, like watching my daddy deteriorate with the Parkinson's disease. My father-in-law, very vibrant, colon cancer. You know, as tough as it is, it's tough, it's tough, it's temporary compared to heaven. And we need to rejoice because our name, if your name's written, if your name's not written there and you won't know how to come see me right quick, man, we get that knock in the head and we'll be on the road. You can you can have those seven precious things that we talked about there for you. I don't he don't need on his promise. He don't. He has fulfilled, he's, he's, he's backed a thousand on what he said and what he's done. It's a thousand. It's amazing. And that the Redeemer being there, man, I don't know, I don't know if he gets any better than that. I, you, I don't mean you have an answer. Just give me a word, Jesus. 
I think it because he's the only reason he got access to it. See, maybe think you think the ash trap. It's just a personal man. We don't. It's gonna get gooder and gooder. Now I don't. You know, time, I don't think. I, I think we get so caught up. In, I get so caught up in what's going on around me right now. You know, I, I get well. You know, I got to get John David starting down there. You know, I get wound up with that. Uh, Annie's got two ear infections. You know, I'm all uptight about that. You know, and then I look and I think, well, Hogan had 85 ear infections. Man, he's had tubes three times. So did my brother. They both kicking and stomping today. You know, we've moved and changed jobs. I survived. You know, John David of the day, he'll be fine. But I get wrapped up in that and thinking of instead of, but then again, now don't get, as they say, don't get so heavily minded, minded that you're no earthly good. There needs to be a balance there. Alright. So when that punk hits, think about keep that gold out there. That gold right out there. Jeff and I were talking, we got this little app that I, I do it just kind of motivates me. Brent's on it, it's Strava. And I look at that, I and, and, and I see if Terry's road, if John David's road, you know, I John David Road Friday. My time be his time. He's in the cater, I'm up here. I, you know, it's you know. But I, you know, I, I just do it so it keeps me focused on what the goal is. And spend time with the Lord and stay focused on the goal. Stay focused on the goal. Anybody have anything else? Let's go to the Lord in prayer with you. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the promise of heaven. God, thank you for never going back on your promises. God, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. God, I pray for uh, healing of the ones we have uh, mentioned. And God, our example of your healing ability and your, your capability of being in control is, is Jeff and Brent's life. God, I, I call the same for these others. Lord, I petition you the same for those others. And we can put them on that praise list one of these days. And think back and say, my word, man, that was a good day. That was a good day. That was a good day. God, I thank you for that. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving this world. You got thank you for these lessons. In your sweet name, I ask all this. Amen.